3: All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It is pushing limits, and so glad you could join us on what is a very sad day in this country. Once again, another mass shooting. We'll get to that, unfortunately. Coming up in hour number two, I've been talking uh, a lot, as, as many have in this city, and, and it's a national story as well of this local Las Vegas basketball official who was assaulted by a coach, just had surgery the other day. Inches of his life. Well, the official that was uh, right in between that, right in that whole situation, his name is Sean Rowe. He's going to be joining us in studio. Tell us exactly what happened, what he saw, as well as the director of the Southern Nevada Officials Association, uh, Vince Christosik. So they'll be both be joining us in studio in hour number two. I want to get first-hand witness to exactly what happened, and that's exactly what we're going to get. But I start the show off today, it's just un... uncomprehensible. I mean, it's just... I'm almost at a loss for words, as I was emotional yesterday when I heard these stories of these innocent second- and third-graders that were just sitting in a classroom at school, at a local elementary school in Texas, and... um, 19 of them are now dead. 19. Innocent kids. Almost a copycat to what happened at Sandy Hook. Two teachers were killed and 19 students at an elementary school called Rob Elementary School in Texas. An 18-year-old gunman, and I will not mention his name, shot his grandmother Posted it on Facebook that he was going to shoot his grandmother. Luckily, she's still alive, but she's in critical condition. She's the one who called 911 after she was shot in the face by her grandson. And then after he shot his grandmother, he grabbed his AR-15, got into a car, got into a car accident, and here's where the story gets very strange. Because police were attempting to pursue him, And somehow he found his way into this elementary school and that was his plan, by the way, on foot after getting into this crash. Went into a couple classrooms and executed two adults and 19 kids. And I just think to myself the last moments of these young kids' lives how scared they must have been. And what was going through their minds, the last moments of their very short life. I'm sure it was a normal day for them, saying goodbye to their parents, or maybe I love you, and have a good day at school. And that would be the last time the parents would ever see them. And I remember when this happened in Connecticut, where I grew up, at Sandy Hook as a bunch of 8- and 9-year-olds were killed. Nothing was done then. And I'm not sure anything's going to be done now. This isn't one issue. Not just mental illness. It's not just guns. It's all of the above. And I can't even imagine what was going through the minds of some of these parents all day yesterday when they didn't hear from their children and they were not sure if their children made it out of that elementary school alive. I can't even imagine the pain that they are going through this morning and the pain that they will go through for the rest of their lives at the hands of this madman. And then we have people out there who say, well, Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Well, there has to be a person behind the gun that does it. But when we had an assault weapons ban, and Joe Biden was a part of that, gun violence went down. And then when that ban was abolished, violence went up three times. This was another assault weapon. This was not a knife. This was not a pistol. This was an AR-15. The only reason why weapons of that magnitude were built were for mass casualties, which is why I call them weapons of war. AR-15s and these types of weapons were not made for hunting deer. Weapons of these magnitude were not made to protect your home. They were made to be used at war. And now we have a bunch of 10-year-olds that are dead. Now we have a bunch of kids that will never be able to live their life, go to high school, and try to live their dream, whatever they wanted to do. And I see the faces of these kids because some of their names and their images have been released by the media. Innocent children. But if you listen to right-wing radio and these despicable Republicans, because that's what you are, who refuse to do anything about this. And Governor Abbott, or as I like to call him, Governor Abhol in Texas, who wants to say thoughts and prayers and want to say, well, it's just a mental illness issue. It's not just a mental illness issue. We are living in a country where an 18-year-old can walk into any gun store and buy as many salt weapons as they want and ammunition, then where are we at in this country? What are we doing? And I am so sorry to the families of these kids and to adults. But Governor Abbott held a press conference today, and he said it could have been much worse. That's what he said. We lost 19 innocent children. And the governor of Texas said, boy, this could have been much worse. Don't get me wrong. I am sure that police law enforcement there, they did everything they could. At least I would assume that. This happens time and time again. We remember the Texas El Paso shooting in Walmart. I just was talking to you about a shooting in Buffalo where a bunch of elderly black people were killed, if for anything else, because of the color of their skin. And yet we have idiots on the right that criticized Joe Biden yesterday, saying that in his speech he made it too political. No, he didn't. This should not be a political issue. We all need to do something. And we have 50 senators, sitting senators, Republicans that refuse to do anything because they want to remain in power. The Marco Rubios of the world. And they all have blood on their hands. I can't even begin to imagine what these kids, the last moments of their lives, how scared they must have been. I try to go back to, you know, when I was nine, 10 years old and and sitting in a classroom. Even if you survived it, your life will never be the same. Imagine if you're one of those kids that saw your classmates gunned down and decapitated, because that's what an AR 15 will do. These kids are not even recognizable. It's why they had to do DNA samples from the parents. And all night, media members said they heard screams inside the civic center where all the families were gathering, desperately hoping that a miracle had happened and one of their kids might be in the hospital. Instead, sadly, 19 families got the news that they lost their children. And yet we live in a country where so many Republicans out there say more guns are the answer. Let's just secure our schools. More guns are the answer. What I say to that is we have more guns in this country than any other country in the world. We also happen to have more mass shootings. So obviously more guns are not the answer. That is ridiculous. And don't give me the nonsense that the good guys win because it certainly wasn't the case in Buffalo. The good guy did not win. Hero He didn't win because he had a pistol and the shooter had another assault weapon. And I am getting so sick of talking about these mass shootings and these young kids. And, you know, these shootings, every single one of them are horribly tragic and emotional and it's terrible and there's pain and suffering and people are losing their lives. But the circumstances of this shooting that happened yesterday... uh, words cannot even describe 19 kids but i don't have a lot of hope because what happened at sandy hook when we lost all those poor innocent children nothing happened then wasn't barack obama's fault wasn't joe biden's fault wasn't the democrats fault they tried to do everything they could in passing proper gun legislation an assault weapons ban it's the republicans And they talk about pro-life, and they preach pro-life when it comes to abortions. What about the 19 kids that died yesterday? What are you doing to protect them? What have you done to protect their lives? We talked about hypocrisy yesterday. There are some people in office who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, and there are people in office that are an embarrassment, and they have blood on their hands. The people in Buffalo have not even been buried yet. Many of the people have not even had funerals yet, as that investigation is still ongoing. That was a week ago. Many of those people are not even buried yet. And now we're talking about, again, another school shooting where 19 people have died. Not 21 people have died, excuse me, 19 kids. One of those people that I do have a lot of respect for Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, where I'm from in Connecticut, he spoke on the House floor yesterday and I want you to have a listen to what he had to say to some of his coworkers in office.
2: What are we doing? What are we doing? Just days after a shooter walked into a grocery store to gun down African American patrons, we have another Sandy Hook on our hands. What are we doing? There have been more mass shootings than days in the year. Our kids are living in fear every single time they set foot in a classroom because they think they're going to be next. What are we doing? Why do you spend all this time running for the United States Senate? Why do you go through all the hassle of getting this job, of putting yourself in a position of authority? If your answer is that as this slaughter increases, as our kids run for their lives, we do nothing. What are we doing? Why are you here? If not to solve a problem as existential
3: as this. Chris Murphy, the senator is 100% right. My answer, many of the Republicans that are in office, why are they there? To remain in power. To make a nice salary and take care of their own families, but not take care of these innocent people that are losing their lives every day at the hands of gun violence. A parent should never have to drop off their kid at school worrying that their kid might not make it home that day. And that's what happened in Texas yesterday. And then Chris Murphy goes on, here's a little bit more about what he had to say.
2: Nowhere else do little kids go to school thinking that they might be shot that day. Nowhere else do parents have to talk to their kids, as I have had to do, about why they got locked into a bathroom and told to be quiet for five minutes just in case a bad man entered that building. Nowhere else does that happen except here in the United States of America, and it is a choice. It is our choice to let it continue
3: and I had a conversation with a few idiots yesterday online, and some of whom said, Well, evil's going to do evil. If they can't get a certain gun, they'll get a knife, which is obviously a very, very ignorant statement. You never want anyone to try to attempt to kill anyone, let alone school children. But if it had to happen, would you rather somebody have an AR 15 or a knife? Obviously, somebody going into a school with a knife people are going to get hurt possibly people are going to get killed 19 kids wouldn't have been killed these weapons should not be on the streets they should not be sold to the general public lawful citizen or not they have been made for one reason to kill as many people as possible not to hunt not to defend yourself or defend your home there's plenty of weapons you could buy to do that these, weapons, these assault weapons should not be sold And it is why I respect the Democrats out there, including Joe Biden, who have pushed for this assault weapons ban, but the Republicans stop it every single time, but they want to preach abortion, pro-life. They're the opposite of pro-life. They are scum of the earth, people like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. They're scum of the earth, absolute scumbags until it happens to them. And, you know, a friend of mine, a musician friend of mine, I'm talking to him yesterday on the phone and he says to me, you know, I don't think there's really going to be change unless one of these Republican senators, God forbid, but if one of these Republican senators, one of their kids die in a school, then something might happen. That's the only way anything will change. And I said to him, I thought about that for a moment. I said to myself, you know what? Sadly, I think I agree with you. You're probably right. Until it happens to you. I mean, I'll give an example of our former vice president, Dick Cheney. And it's not gun control, but he was anti-gay marriage. He was basically anti-gay, just like Mike Pence. Until Dick Cheney found out that one of his daughters was gay, and then all of a sudden, he changed his mind. The hypocrite changed his mind. And now all of a sudden, he's pro-gay marriage, and he's pro-gay, and all this other stuff. Because he found out his daughter was gay. Well, what if one of these Republican senators find out that one of their kids doesn't come home, and they get shot in his school by an AR-15, by a madman? Are they still going to say, well, you know what? Crazy people do crazy things. Let's just put our arms in the air and say, well, there's really nothing we can do about it. You people are so despicable. You Republicans, and not all of you, but many Republicans out there. The reason why proper gun legislation and these guns are on the streets, it's because of you. The Ted Cruz's of the world. The Jim Jordan's of the world. You know, I mean, it's, it's despicable to me. But I'll tell you one thing. Um. I have my criticisms for Joe Biden. I do. I have my criticisms for his administration, and I've had my criticisms for Joe Biden. But there's one thing he does great in times of tragedy is he has empathy for people, and he's a strong man when it comes to these issues, like gun control. And I was proud that I voted for him yesterday. I have my criticisms for him, but I was proud because I thought he made a very heartfelt speech, and he was angry. But that anger was real. It wasn't fake like Governor Abbott today or, the, or Ted Cruz. This, that, that is fake anger when they say thoughts and prayers after one of these tragedies. That's fake. There was nothing fake about what Joe Biden said yesterday. Nothing. Here's a little bit of what Joe Biden had to say in his uh, address to the nation yesterday.
1: I am sick and tired of it.
3: We have to act.
1: And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a senator and a vice president working to pass common sense gun laws. We can and won't prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have positive impact. When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons It's just wrong. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for except to kill someone? Durant not running through the forest with Kevlar vests on for God's sake.
3: It's just sick. And what are some of these idiots on the right? Newsmax, OAN, Fox News. What are some of these morons on the right saying? Oh, well, Joe Biden's making it too political. It's too soon. No, it's not too soon. This is the exact time to talk about these issues. It's not too soon. That's what Governor Abholz in Texas said after the Texas-El Paso shooting when he was asked about gun violence and, and weapons of war. He said it's too soon. Now's not the time. Did he do anything about it? No, nothing. Nothing. These Republicans have done nothing when it comes to this issue. And don't let them tell you It's just mental illness, because it's not. That's certainly a part of this. There's no question that this 18-year-old was mentally deranged. But this is a number of issues. One of them also, gun control. No person in the general public should be allowed, unless you're a police officer, law enforcement, some sort of security, or maybe you're a brave man and woman in uniform. These types of assault weapons should not be sold to the public. You don't need one of these assault weapons to go hunting. You don't need one of these assault weapons to go shooting on a range. You don't need one of these assault weapons to defend your family. You just don't, because there's plenty of weapons out there you can buy that are not designed to kill as many people as possible in a short period of time. It's ridiculous. Joe Biden is 100% correct. Here, uh, here's Joe Biden. Uh, you know, Again, his speech was about eight minutes ago, so here's a little bit more about what he had to say.
1: These kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost. But these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's time to turn this pain into action for every parent, for every citizen in this country. We have to make it clear to every elected official in this country, it's time to act.
3: Well, Mr. President, I'm with you 150 percent. You're right. But I'll answer your question. Why? Because of fifty senators, fifty sitting senators, that refuse to do anything about it. That all they care about is remaining in power. It'll hurt their base if they uh, vote on, you know, an assault weapons ban. It'll hurt their base. They might, they might lose. They, they might lose their next election. You know. That's why they want to stay in power. And in return, because of that, because they want to remain in power. We have 19 families that now have to make funeral arrangements for their young kids who were gunned down in school. Innocent children, innocent kids who were just in school learning, going to school every day, in an elementary school. And what about all the kids that that were not? their lives were not taken? Thank God. What about what they're going to have to go through for the rest of their lives? They were in a classroom, in a school, and their friends and their classmates, 19 of them, killed including two teachers their lives will never be the same all these families that lost loved ones their lives will never be the same and as i mentioned many of those victims innocent people that died in a supermarket the main i I know a few people who were white were killed as well but for the main reason why those people were died because of the color of their skin many of those people haven't even been buried yet in buffalo this is not going to end this is going to continue I wish I was wrong. I'm not. Because many of these shootings are very predictable. And at least if members of Congress and the senators that are in office did something, you could say, all right, at least we're taking some steps. At least these kids have not died in vain. What about the Connecticut shooting? Do those kids die in vain? I thought finally, after Sandy Hook, finally we're going to get something done. I was wrong. And I believe I'm not going to be wrong this time because I don't think anything's going to get done. Democrats will do their best, but I don't think anything's going to get done. And my heart goes out to these families, but thoughts and prayers are not enough. But the cowards in office will say thoughts and prayers. The Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Lauren Boberts of the world, McCarthy's, Mitch McConnell, who might be the most despicable human being of them all, who refuses to do anything to pass any type of gun legislation, even though 90% of Americans agree this is awful and something needs to be done. 90% agree that something needs to be done. I even saw a poll uh, that I saw yesterday on television that said 7 out of 10 Republicans believe that we need stronger rules on the books. When it comes to guns, do you remember it was Donald Trump that passed the law a few years back that made it easier for the mentally ill to purchase weapons? If you don't believe me, look it up. He passed that bill, and Republicans loved it. They were cheering. They were so happy that Donald Trump passed this bill, and that somebody that is mentally ill can, can, can make it easier for them to purchase a weapon. Republicans loved it. What type of country are we living in? Senator Murphy is right. What are we doing? There's no one law or one thing that'll end all the gun violence in this country or end mass shootings, but there's a number of things that could help prevent them. And I'll talk about that when we come back, and I want to hear from you. Am I wrong on this? Is Senator Murphy wrong? Is Joe Biden wrong? Do we just put our hands in the air and say, oh, well, evil people are going to do evil things? Or do we do something about it? Who's to blame for this? Besides the person who, who pulled the trigger, who else is to blame for this? I have my explanation on that, but I want to hear from you. I'll give out the number, the number to call. Your thoughts on this tragic shooting, another mass shooting in a school where 19 kids and two adults gunned down and killed in an elementary school in Texas. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on Governor Abbott's response to this? What are your thoughts on Joe Biden's comments? Where do we need to go from here, if anywhere? The number to call is 702-221-7283. And again, if you want to be a part of the conversation, I want to get your thoughts. 702-221-7283. Again, that number is 221-SAVE, 221-7283. We'll take your phone calls next. And I'm also going to come back with some audio from uh, the sports world. Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Boy, I loved his statement before the game yesterday. It had nothing to do with basketball and everything to do with gun control. So I'll play that for you when we come back. And as I mentioned, we'll also take some phone calls at 702-221-7283. Take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits. On a Wednesday, I want to tell you about my friend Brian Slopock Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. Great bar, great atmosphere, great food. Walk in there, sign up for a player's card. You mention my name, you get ten dollars in free slot play for doing nothing but that. That's cool in itself. Hundred points, you get another twenty bucks in slot play. And they got a great promotion this month in May where if you hit a jackpot, whatever it is, you'll get an extra ten uh, percent in free slot play. So that's uh, or actually, I believe it's is it twenty percent or ten percent? It's one of those. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it's 10%. Yeah, yes, yeah, it is. It's 10%. So, if you hit for uh, two, I don't want people won't there and there's hey, Brian said it was 20%. It's 10%. <laughs> Brian said it was 35%. Yeah, exactly. Can I get it? Yeah, exactly. Don't 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 try that. They won't like that. But anyway, check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Uh, I promise you'll have a great time. Obviously, we're talking about this uh, horrific tragedy that took place in Texas yesterday where uh, 21 people killed, 17 injured. Uh, out of the 21, two adults, 19 kids. It's very difficult for me to talk about this. I'll tell you, man, it's uh, kind of like when I talk about COVID because I almost died of COVID two years ago. Uh, it's it's very emotional. Uh, when you're We're talking about school children. We're talking about second and third graders. Their lives were taken. And yet there's so many Republicans out there that if they're not going to do anything, if anything, they'll say more guns are the answer. You want to talk about school security? You want to have you know, I guess one security guard armed at every school? I don't have a problem with that. But you want to give kindergarten teachers AR-15s? I mean, can we just can we just stop the nonsense here? We need to be logical about this. Yes, mental illness is one of many issues. These weapons of war should not be out there have been sold to anybody. No 18-year-old needs an AR-15. Oh, it's my, my amendment rights. Oh, I, it's my right. Let me tell you something. Those rights were written up when we had something called muskets. We don't have muskets anymore, okay? We have weapons of war that are built for one reason and one reason only to kill as many people as possible. In this case, 19 school children killed. Innocent kids. And I got to tell you something. I really admire Steve Kerr. His father was killed by a gun, by a handgun. I love Steve Kerr. They had a game to play yesterday, but basketball was not on Steve Kerr's mind before the game, and rightfully so. So before the game, each coach speaks to the media. Steve Kerr was not in the mood to talk about basketball, and he didn't. Here's what Steve Kerr had to say a few hours before the Western Conference Finals yesterday. Listen to this.
1: Since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. (sighs) And And a teacher... And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something?
3: And he went on for a few more minutes, and then he stormed out rightfully angry. And Steve Kerr, like I said, he's no stranger to gun violence. He lost his father to gun violence. And Steve Kerr has been very outspoken, and I appreciate that, about this issue. I had a chance to catch up to Steve Kerr uh, a few years back. He was here coaching USA Basketball, and I asked him after the October 1 shooting. I asked him his thoughts on what we need to do, and we had a brief conversation about uh, gun violence, and he answered all my questions. Have a listen to this interaction I had with Steve Kerr. Tragedy early October one shooting. What do you make of what's taking place in this country, particularly over the weekend? And what do you make of Donald Trump's response to that? Well, I, I've always been very outspoken in
1: terms of uh gun safety, uh gun measures, uh, and uh that's been something some of the gun safety
0: groups
3: uh, you know, like so, so as you could hear and it's a little hard to hear because it was at a uh, USA basketball practice but you know I asked Steve Kerr about gun violence years ago he's very passionate about it and, and he should be we all should be passionate about it so I ask you the listeners right now what are your solutions do you think we should just do nothing throw our hands in the air and say bad people are going to do bad things? Or do you take the approach like Governor Abbott, or as I like to call him, Governor Abhol, blame it all on mental illness, do nothing when it comes to gun control, or should we also do something about gun control and an assault weapons ban? Or maybe all the above. What are your solutions and what do you think we should do? Maybe you're one of those hardcore Republicans that thinks that We shouldn't really do much of anything. I want to hear from you, and I'll give out the phone number and get your thoughts. The number to call is 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, your thoughts on this massacre in Texas yesterday where 19 kids, innocent children were killed, and two adults. And then the gunman, taken out by police... Your thoughts on this shooting? You think something should be done? Anything? What do you think should be the answers to, to, to ending all the violence in this country? And again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283. I have a number of things that I think that need to be done. Assault weapons ban has to happen. That's pr- got to be priority number one, right? We need an assault weapons ban. You cannot tell me that you need an AR-15 to defend yourself or an assault weapon. You do not. You don't need it to hunt deer either. Donald Trump Jr. might claim that he does. So we need an assault weapons ban back in effect everywhere. That's number one. I also believe that you should not be allowed to be 18 years old and to be able to purchase a weapon. I think the age should be 21. You make alcohol 21. I don't think you should be allowed to purchase a weapon until you're 21 years old. That's the second thing I would do. Third thing, mental illness. I talk about it with the homeless. We talk about it in society nonstop. We need red flag laws on the books. Now, you might be saying, Brian, we already have red flag flags. There's loopholes all over this country. There are some states where somebody can leave a voicemail and threaten the life of a spouse, and that person can still buy a weapon that day. That's wrong. I hate to use this term, but it's not going to quote-unquote kill you if you can't buy a gun in a couple days getting a mental health evaluation. Not going to kill you. That's the third thing that I would do. We need red flag laws on the book. And listen, mental illness, I've been talking about this for years on the radio. We don't do enough in this country. I know that. We don't do enough in this country to deal with mental illness. Those are several big things right there that we need to do. Guess what? We're not doing any of those things. Democrats have tried, but they've also been unsuccessful. We're not doing anything to deal with these problems. Why is that? Well, I would argue money. Money is one of the culprits. These sitting senators refuse to do anything. Again that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283, 221-7283. seven two eight three two two one seven two eight three. Let's go to John. John, what's going on, man?
4: Hey Brian, I apologize for my uh my voice here. I'm I'm uh I'm COVID positive, buddy. Finally oh, got me. sorry to Some hear update, that.
3: By. I hope you hope you're recovering. I'm sorry to hear yeah. that.
4: Uh hey man. Uh aren't you sick and tired of feeling impotent? I mean, these wackos are taking over our country, and just the Democratic leadership is absolutely pathetic. Um, it's just I'm just sick of this impotent feeling. Did you see Beto O'Rourke today? He tried to challenge Abbott, and I did. Yeah, God bless him, man. He did the right thing. You gotta, you gotta get. In we their need more faces of that.
3: We need more of that. I'm glad you brought that up, John. Let's talk about that because of those of you that don't know, better or so Governor Abbott, or as I like to call him Governor Abhol, he's holding a press conference today, a governor of Texas, and he's saying things like, well, this shooting could have been much worse, which is uh, ridiculous, and then he's saying thoughts and prayers, and then he's saying, well, it's mental illness. So uh, I I appreciate the fact that that, uh, he walked in there and he addressed Governor Abbott because I thought, I think more Democrats need to do that. I don't, I don't, I better all work. I give them all the credit in the world. I don't know if it's going to change anything, though, John, is it?
4: No, but, but at least you've got to start fighting, man. You've got to get, in. you're dealing with thugs, you're dealing with bullies, you're, and they're hopped up on hate spewed by Fox 24 7. You've got to fight. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are the problem. They are weak and feckless.
3: Okay, but hold on. They I'm going to pull to... back uh, a little bit. I'm going to, John. Let me pull back a little bit. What you said, I disagree with you a little bit. Listen, I'm not a fan of Chuck Schumer, and Nancy Pelosi either. But let's be honest here. The main reason why comprehensive, you know, gun laws have not been put into place, assault weapons ban, is not because of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Now, listen, I hear what you're saying. I'm not a big fan of theirs either. Let, let, let's let me, let, let, but let's be clear here. The main reason why these laws are not put in place and these young people are dying in schools is because of Republicans in office that refuse to pass anything that the Democrats try to put forth. I mean, let's be clear on that.
4: I agree. But you've got to realize who your opponent is, and you've got to adapt. Well, what can they do? Let me finish, Brian, please. Nancy Pelosi is a person who brings a speech to a gunfight, a stack of papers that she rips up and she thinks she's made a brilliant point. She's weak and feckless. They need to draft legislation today that says... We're going to ban AR-15. That's it.
3: It's not going to pass. But it's not going to pass. But you've got to do it. They have. They have. But they have. Uh,
4: Please. Let me finish, please. Just a one point piece of legislation. We hereby ban AR-15s. It'll pass the House, and then it'll get to the Senate, and then the, you want to expose them. They're hiding behind this veil of, of uh, smoke. You've got to expose them. You've got to every day you need to introduce a new piece of legislation and every day you need to drag those republicans up there and you need to put them on record on camera to say i'm voting against banning ar-15s and after you do that time and time and time again the point will be made hey it's mitch mcconnell that's the problem or hey you know it's the republican senator from alabama that's the problem yeah you've got to you've got to pin the tail of guilt on them specifically. Listen, John, I
3: I get I get your sentiment. Trust me, I do. I understand what you're saying. The but again, it, it goes back to what I say every single day, which is this: these sitting senators, these Republicans, refuse to do anything. In I fact, agree. in fact, it's worse because many of them say. More guns are the answer. And like I said, I have absolutely no problem with a, a you know a security guard that's armed in every school. I don't have a problem with that. But we can't just say it's just mental illness. Uh, you have to the, – the assault weapons ban, and I'm so glad Joe Biden brought it up yesterday because he was a big part of it. Crime was down when it came to gun violence. It was down. Right, John? It was down. Uh, and then, you know, the Republicans got rid of that pretty soon. You're,
4: you're letting them off the hook, man. If you're the Republican senator from Mississippi, I don't even know who they are. But, uh, you know, and this happens on your watch. All you've got to do is do a thought and prayers, and it's a, it's a well-rehearsed, you know, a well-tried and true routine. You just have to continue to do the routine. Yeah. You do not have to get up in front of the world. This needs to be highly publicized. publicized yeah. And you need to cast your vote to say, I vote against banning AR-15. You need to do that. T- that's what Donald Trump is taught I
3: hear you. I hear you, John. But again, it goes back to what I said earlier. Even if that does happen, the only way that anything is going to get done in this country is that Republicans out there, at least some of them, uh, change their thought and their and their thought of mind or whatever it is that they do the only way that things are going to change is if some of those Republicans you get them on board we have to meet middle ground they don't I, I, haven't, I haven't heard one Republican that wants an assault weapons ban not one no you're see- That's the the mistake
4: you made. Is get them on board like it's a friendly process. That's the that's the biggest mistake. That's never going to be friendly because they're receiving campaign contributions from the NRA. It must be hostile. It must be violent almost. Well, I'm not not going to
3: endorse violence. I understand what you're saying. It's got to be
4: aggressive. It's not a friendly proposition. Okay, you must. That's fine. Do
3: more what Better O'Rourke did. I'm okay with that. Go ahead. I'm with it, John, and I appreciate your call. I really do. The number to call two two one seven two eight three. Hey, I'm okay with that. When when Abbott has a press conference, I want every Better O'Rourke and every politician to interrupt the press conference. I want every single one of them to say, "You have blood on your hands, and this is your fault." I have absolutely no problem with that, John. If that, I don't, I don't endorse violence in any way, shape, or form. But if you want to interrupt a press conference and you want to call Abbott the abhole that he is, and you want to do what Better O'Rourke did, no problem. I'm all for it. And maybe more Democrats need to do that. Violence is not the answer, but maybe more Democrats need to do that. Maybe more Democrats need to do uh, you know the protesting when it came to abortion and going to the Supreme Court justices' homes on, on a sidewalk. And, and Maybe maybe more Democrats need to do stuff like that. Maybe you're right. I like what better O'Rourke did today because Governor Abbott has blood on his hands. These Republicans have blood on their hands. What took place in Texas took place years ago in Connecticut and nothing was done then and I feel like nothing is going to get done now. I can't even imagine what these families are going through today. I can't even imagine the pain and the hurt that they're going through. I can't imagine. It breaks my heart. I'm tired of the thoughts and prayers. I'm tired of it. Why does anybody in this country, unless you're law enforcement, need an assault weapon? Why does anybody in this country need an AR-15? Explain that to me. Why? Why do you need an AR-15? For, for pleasure? For enjoyment? You go to sleep with it at night? You're going to shoot up a bunch of deers? Don't need an assault weapon to go hunting, so that is a ridiculous excuse. Why? To, to defend your family? You don't need an assault weapon to defend your family? There's not one Democrat in office, not even better O'Rourke, by the way. There's not one Democrat, that, and and O'Rourke's not in office now, there's not one Democrat in office right now that wants to take all your guns away. That is a lie from Republicans. That is a lie. That is a fallacy. Democrats do not want to take your guns away. They want law-abiding citizens to be able to defend themselves. They don't want these types of weapons that killed 19 people in a classroom. Those are the weapons they don't want. That is a lie. It's the same lie that Republicans put out there. They say, oh, Democrats, they want to defund police. That's also a lie. I'm so sick of the lies and I'm so sick of the rhetoric. Why can't Republicans and Democrats just come together and put something on the books? Making schools safer. Okay, some Republicans are now, you know, they're they're chiming in. They're saying, let's make schools safer. Okay, that's fine. But what about all the assault weapons that are out there? What about mental illness? This isn't one thing. There's not one law in the books that's going to solve all of our problems. We need to do a lot of things. Mental illness being one of them. Assault weapons being another one. That's the, to me, that's the number one priority right now. Get these assault weapons off the streets. That is the number one thing that I would do right now. But Republicans will not do that. The, the, the hands of the NRA, the Marco Rubios of the world, the Ted Cruz's of the world, despicable human beings. Do they really care about our kids? If they did, you know, they talk about pro-life. They're so strong when it comes to, you know, abortion, right? They're so strong when it comes to that stuff. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And and I'm so tired of the same conversation over and over and over and over again. You know, Tony Gonzalez, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a He's a politician in Texas who voted against any of these assault weapons bans. He was proud of it. He tweeted about it. And then the last couple days he's talking thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. He's doing that over and over and over again. As do so many of these other Republicans out there. And it's just, it's sick. It's sick. Republicans were very quick to pass the anti-critical race theory laws. They did that immediately, didn't they? They passed the anti-trans laws. They did that immediately as well. They passed these book ban laws. They did that immediately. They acted immediately when, uh, you know, they they see something that poses a threat to them. They'll act immediately. But if they wanted to fix these shootings, they would. But they're choosing not to. Do you remember the Donald Trump bill? Revoking the Obama-era gun checks for mental illness? Yeah, that's right. Trump signed that bill revoking it. It's what he did. And Republicans were so happy when that bill was passed. They were so happy. The Buffalo shooting, an AR-15 was used in that shooting. Remember the Boulder shooting? AR-15. Same thing with Orlando. Same thing in the Parkland shooting, an AR-15. What did uh, Paddock use in Las Vegas? He used a bunch of AR-15s. The Sandy Hook shooter, AR-15. The Waffle House shooting, AR-15. San Bernardino, do you remember that shooting? AR 15. Odessa shooting, Midland, AR 15. The synagogue shootings. The Tree of Life, Pittsburgh, AR 15. The Sutherland Springs shooting, AR 15. These victims in Buffalo have not, many of them have not even been buried yet at the hands of an AR 15. I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know what to say anymore, except I'm tired of it. I'm tired. And I don't know what, what to say other than these despicable Republicans that refuse to pass anything. I don't know what else to say. Maybe John's right. I'm not saying violence is ever the answer because it's not, but maybe we need more better O'Rourke's out there. We need to, maybe, maybe we need to just get in their faces, interrupt some of these press conferences, say you're the problem because better O'Rourke is right. Some of these Republicans are the problem. Where are we at in society? Where are we at? Where are we at when you're an 18-year-old and you can't buy a six-pack of beer... But you can go into any gun store and buy a couple AR-15s as much ammunition as you want. What country are we living in? And I have no hope. Sorry, I don't. Same shooting happened in Connecticut. Almost identical. It's almost eerie, right? The shooter killing a member of their family. In this case, the shooter, the 18-year-old, attempting to kill his grandmother. Shoots her in the face. She calls 911. He leaves. He gets into an arc, uh, an accident. He's being pursued by police. Why did it take police 45 minutes to get into this school? That's another good question. But this shooter goes into an elementary school. We We've learned one classroom. It was one classroom he went in, killing 19 innocent children and two adults. 19. How does this 18-year-old, how does this individual get his hands on an AR-15? Governor Abbott doesn't want to talk about that. He wants to bring up mental illness, but he doesn't want to talk about these guns that have been used in so many of these mass shootings that I just listed for you. These Republicans, they don't want to talk about that. And it's sad. Thomas Moskal, the former DA, is going to be joining us in studio tomorrow. And i got to tell you, it's hard to, to find a good attorney in this town. Thomas is one of them. I trust a few of them in this town and he's one of them. Like I said, he's the former DA here in Las Vegas. And more importantly, he's also, you know, the top prosecutor. This guy is the top was the top DUI prosecutor in Clark County. Trust me when I say this is a guy that I trust and absolutely this is a guy that you should trust also. And I want to give out his number, uh, and I want you guys to contact him because I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Please call Thomas Moskal Law, DUI Law, that'll work for you, 702-848-5555. Text him or give him a call. Again, that number is 702-848-5555. Uh, The most highest-profile DUI cases he's had in Clark County. He has a wealth of experience, and I promise you you won't be disappointed. Again, that's Attorney Thomas Moskal, 702-848-5555. Please give him a call. Tell him I sent you. I promise you you won't be disappointed. He's one of the few attorneys in this city that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. You know, I don't know where we're at in this country. I mean, I talked about this story on Monday, the story of a basketball official, somebody who I know, by the way, which makes it even worse, who was physically assaulted outside of the Doolittle Community Center. Almost inches of his death, he was knocked unconscious. And this is a story that we talked about on Monday, and it's a story that's not going away. And now coming up next, one of the officials that was right in the middle of that skirmish, his name is Sean Rose, somebody that I know very well, a very good official. He's going to share the story of what he saw, of what happened that day. This was just talking several days ago, and also director of the Southern Nevada Officials Association, another good official, Vince Christosik. They're both going to be joining me in studio next, and they're going to be sharing the story of this is a problem that has been going on for years. Just like gun violence, years in this country, officials that are being assaulted and disrespected, uh, threatened, their lives threatened. This, is, this isn't something that just happened the other day. This isn't an isolated incident. It just so happened that it happened right in our backyard here in Las Vegas. So they're both going to be joining us next to talk about this. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. So glad you could join us. Trust me, it's like heartbreaking when I have to talk about these uh, these shootings and what's going on in this country. I don't know, man. Anybody who knows me well knows that I've been a basketball official for 20 years. And I've talked about these, these stories of these officials that are getting assaulted, their lives being threatened. And uh, that's exactly what happened last week on Tuesday where we had some officials that were working some games at Doolittle Community Center. I've officiated there plenty of times. Never really enjoyed it, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Some ruckus crowds there, that's for sure. And the story of an official that was uh, knocked out unconscious by a coach. And it wasn't even his game that he was working, uh, which is just so strange. It makes him a hero, in my opinion. So the people we have with us in the studio right now, one of the officials that was actually working that game is Sean Rowe. He joins us in studio, and I've, I've worked with him plenty of times. And also, Vince Kristasek, who's been with SNOA as the director there, has been there for many, many years as well. I've actually worked games with both of these guys that are in studio. Gentlemen, I appreciate both of you being here. How are you?
5: Uh, Thankful uh, thank for inviting us, Brian. Uh, of course. It
3: of course, and and I wish it was under uh, better circumstances. Yeah, you
0: know? absolutely, Brian. It's good to see you again. Yes, like you good said, to see we've you. done a lot yep. of
3: games together over the years, and sure. it's unfortunate we got to be here today talking about this subject. Terrible, but we have to talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, Sean, I want to start with you. So, another, just another day for you. I, I've worked with you. I think you're you're a good official, and I also think, you know, well, I don't think I know. You take your officiating very seriously. You're very understanding of the rules. You're a good communicator with coaches. I've worked with you plenty of times. So, I want to start by saying that. Alright, so normal day for you last Tuesday right just give the listeners a little bit of background what games are you officiating last week
5: Uh, this is a youth um, uh, high school boys Mm -hmm. league Um, coaches are the um, what do you call that uh, AAU coaches, yeah, rec coaches, rec league gotcha. coaches, AAU coaches. All
3: right, so you're you're refing you're a game with your partner, uh, and by the way, the the official that was injured wasn't even working the game. We'll get to that. Uh, what's going on in your game uh, with this coach, the coach that committed this assault? What is going on between you and him uh, during this game that got him so angry? What, just give us describe what happened. Well, it, it was actually a typical basketball game, just confrontation back and forth,
5: which which didn't amount to anything. It was just conversation. So it was nothing out of the ordinary to where I thought anything else would happen at at the tail end of the game. And when the game was at its end and they finally lost, um, that spiked him to a a different point, different height of anger. And he was ready to show me how angry he was.
3: So the game ends. Yeah. You're trying to leave. And most officials, they'll gather their stuff, they'll wait a couple minutes, and then they'll go. Absolutely. So what happens next? Is he following you outside?
5: Well, his first conversation was, um, he wanted to attack me. Physically? Physically attack. What does he me. say to you? Well, he's, he says, let's go outside.
3: And that usually means, I want to fight you. Correct. Of course, that's a threat.
5: Of and, course. And, and my response was, well, we're inside, so if there's anything you want to do, we can do it here. And sometimes it, you kind of read a guy, and I've had him before, so... After that statement, everything seems fine. Mm -hmm. He even even becomes an outstanding coach for a split second. What I mean by that is he goes through the lineup, he shakes the opponent team's hands, he shakes the opposing coach's hands.
3: So you assume it's over at that point? It's over. Okay, it's over. We got a little heated. That happens. I've had plenty of situations like that. So what happens next after that?
5: Well, after he shakes the coach's hand, he walks in my face and here we are face to face with one another and it's almost like a a, a game of chicken
3: where's Ooh. security there's no security there where, where are the people at doolittle trying to break this up and trying to let calmer calmer heads prevail it's well, just you and him there's nobody there trying to break it up
5: well it's just me and him there are um there's doolittle staff their kids and it it it, it my perspective is I don't know who's around me so I don't know what it feels like if there were people monitoring the situation Mm -hmm. but so for that moment it felt like it was just me and him Mm -hmm.
3: okay so you feel like it's just you and him there's nobody else there mesmerizing to me that there are even if there's not a security guard there there are people that are running the lead there are people that are working the clock there are plenty of employees there that could have done something they didn't we'll get to that okay so you're trying to you try to leave at that point what are you doing at that point you're, I would imagine you're trying to get out of that situation what happens after that
5: well at that moment uh, the Doolittle staff member that was working the table came over to my defense and mm-hmm. he, he kind of got into in between us and separated us yeah. hey hey we're not doing that here relax guys the game is over right when that happened, I separated and went to my area mm-hmm. to get changed. Mm-hmm. And the coach went to his area to um, to talk to, kinda talk to his kids, but he wanted to throw a few remarks towards me mm-hmm. as he was on his way. Uh, nothing that I've never heard before. Nothing that I care to repeat on radio. Right. But it was he's throwing was,
3: vulgarities at you and he's yeah. being disrespectful. Which, by the way, what a great example this coach is Perfect setting for example. his kids. Perfect I mean, it's example. so disgraceful. Uh, we and by the way, this isn't just this coach. There are plenty of coaches in this town throughout the country that just uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I was and talk- multiplying. Yeah, and I was talking to another uh, official. Uh, that I've worked with before, who's with SNOA actually. And he told me he was called the N word by a player, uh, you know, weeks back. And the coach was defending the player. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, what kind of country are we living in? Where What kind of example? Anyway, that's another story. But okay. So, in a try- sense,
5: that's the same story, but that is a. Yeah. I, I hear what you're it, It's from. unbelievable. It's it's,
3: these coaches, they, they set no example for their kids. It's terrible. It's parents as well. So you're trying to get out of there. You finally get out of there and you leave. What happens next?
5: Well, there's a there's a cat and mouse game. Do little staff members ask me to wait behind so they can escort him out? Yeah. And he's he's sitting there. He's not ready to leave. He's playing the I'm not ready to leave game. So my buddy Perry's with me.
3: Perry Woodward. This per- is this is the official that was assaulted. Okay. Absolutely. Yep, go ahead. Yep. He came in the gym. He's so by he's my working side. another game in the other gym. Correct. And he's, he's coming there uh, as a good friend, and, and really I use the term hero, we'll get to that, but he's just trying to help out in this situation. So he walks out with you.
5: Correct. He yeah. saw
3: something going on from the
5: opposite gym through the windows, yep. and he said, no, that's not going to happen like that. Let me come in here and and, and be at my partner's side. Mm-hmm. So so he came in, and little staff members asked me to wait, so I'm waiting with Perry, and the coach seems to be waiting with his kids, and... I use that as an opportunity to say, okay, hey, let's just leave. I'm ready. I start to walk out, and the coach starts to follow. As the coach starts to follow, in my opinion, he's too close to me, and I don't like to, I, I don't like to have people in my blind side. Right. So I move to the side, and I just say, you know what, you can go first. I, I'll, I'll just wait. So he walks by. He continues on. He walks out the double doors, no problem. Perry and I, we hang back, we talk a little bit more. And another minute or so passes and we leave. We leave through the double doors and now we're in the lobby. We're in the lobby and the coach is waiting in the library with his kids, with his family this time. Jeez. So now I'm thinking, okay, this, this is strange, but you know what, they want to wait in the lobby? That doesn't bother me. We continue to walk. As Perry and I continue to walk, and Doolittle staff members are also in the lobby as well. Mm -hmm. They're they're heavy Doolittle staff members in the lobby. So things feel like they're okay. Mm -hmm. Perry and I, we get ready to walk out. And as I'm getting ready to hit the double doors to finally leave the Doolittle building, here comes Coach again. And he's walking in my blind spot. Again, I don't like that. So I step to the side. Perry and I step to the side. And as we do, I say the same thing I said um, prior. Hey, Coach, just go ahead. You know what? I'll wait. So here's Perry again, right? Right by my side. Every every time I stop, Perry's, Perry's just right there. I'm not leaving until I see you that you're okay. All right? And this is something that we normally do. Sure. The typical referees who've been in this business for a long time, to where one of our safety is all of our safety. Sure. We, we want to make sure we all make it mm-hmm. home safe to our families. So I want to commend Perry for, for doing that because he absolutely did. If not, if it wasn't me talking right here, it might be Perry talking right here and me in the hospital. So, so I want to say a special thank you to Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do a little staff coach goes outside the kids are outside the family outside me mm-hmm. and perry inside do little staff go outside mm-hmm. and they're having a conversation with coach more or less hey coach trying game, to de-escalate game, game's yep. over you know sure you won one you lost the other one he had the mm-hmm. two games set as well yep. you know kids need you you know another day and um it did not work it must not have worked because Uh, Another minute later, me and Perry, okay, Mm -hmm. we've been in the gym for a while.
3: Mm -hmm.
5: It's time to go. Time
3: to go. So you're walking to your car.
5: Well, no, we don't make it out the car. We make it out the the door. You make it out the door. You're
3: trying to get to your car. And
5: once again, he's there. The coach is waiting for you. This time, there's like a, a line of kids and people. This people, right? Game's over. Mm-hmm. They What they know is, oh, this coach wants to get this referee. I want to stick around and see what happens. Kids are in the same boat. Well, that's my coach. So dude. you got a
3: bunch of 14- and 15-year-old kids that are 14, watching 15, this. 14, 15, 16, and, 17. And they want to see a confrontation. And, well. Some of them do.
5: Some of them do. Some yeah. are just, just, just out watching. there because yeah. mom is waiting to pick me up. And keep in and mind,
3: and, again, this is the coach. You're supposed to be leading a bunch of young absolutely. men. You right, should have so, been
5: shaking hands right. and saying, hey. Good game. See you next so, time. So
3: you and Perry are walking out of the Doolittle doors, right? What sure. happens next?
5: Uh, he starts a conf- uh, conversation with me. Kind of picks up before we left of, um, okay, we're outside now. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to, to do what we talked about doing. Mm-hmm. Coach, my response. Coach, we talked about it. It didn't happen. Let's just go home. No, I'm I'm ready to go. You said we we can take this outside. Let's go outside. I told you. We, we go back and forth for for uh, a, a few exchanges, and then something hits me. All right, I'm looking at him, and then I see to the side of him his kids, mm-hmm. and his kids are more or less they're not okay with this. They're not comfortable with this, mm-hmm. and I feel that. So my next conversation to him is coach your kids they need you you had a good game today one good one bad just go get your kids his response to me was no i want you nothing else i can say to him nothing else to say to him right so i just turned my attention to good old perry who's who's by my side right mm. perry's not going anywhere so for me whenever i see uh, a guy like perry you know his energy his his humility, just everything he is in a person. I'm not talking about how he calls a basketball game. I'm just talking about Perry is a is a unique individual. He's special. If anyone comes across him, they have nothing but. Um, Nothing but good words, and uh, he
3: doesn't. And he doesn't have to be standing there. And I know a lot of officials that would have gone right to their car, and they wouldn't have been there for you. Uh, they would have uh, said, "Well, that's that's up to Sean, and I don't have anything to do with that." And then I see, and then there are good officials and officials that are heroes, and, and Perry is obviously one of those people. So he got in between, right? Uh, before I continue, Perry yep. actually left the gym,
5: and his only reason for coming back was there was. A coach that he got in contact with mm-hmm. and he wanted to, to go back and touch bases with that coach mm-hmm. to make sure he had his phone number because they were going to do business mm-hmm. later on Understood. down the line. Yep. So Perry happened to see me, mm-hmm. happened to want to help me out mm-hmm. and put the word out to the Doolittle staff and yep. to say, hey, they're trying to, they're, something's going on in this gym. We need more
3: staff in here. So how, how is the first punch thrown? Where are you at that time and how does that happen? Can you explain what you saw?
5: So um again, we're we're outside. There there's the coach and his family on one side, mm-hmm. me and Perry on another side. Do little staff members split down the middle. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna let it happen. Uh I turn my attention away from the coach and focus my attention to Perry. And I do like I normally do when I speak to Perry. How's it going, Perry? Uh, man, it's good to see you. I haven't been in a while. Hey, Perry, when's the last time I told you I love you? I remember. It's the last time I saw you. And while I'm having this exchange with Perry, uh, the coach looks at me and says, you see, that's your problem. You think everything is funny. You, you, you always laughing. So when I hear that, I turn back to the coach and I ask him, what's wrong with you? Come, come on, man. I'm, I'm smiling. I'm having a good time tell me what's going on what's your problem uh after I say that to him his wife looks me in the eye and says don't worry honey I'll take care of it she lunges at me she she walks through the, the coach's little, wife lunges at you the coach's wife lunges at me and and quite honestly there's no focus on the wife she's a she's a, a woman who who doesn't pose a physical threat? So, so the staff is not threatened, and at this point, prior to neither am I. So she lunges at me, and she walks through the staff, and it's it's just uh man, what is this lady doing? Kind of a deal. She reaches she actually gets to me. She gets to me to to the point to where I have to throw my hand up and physically stop her. As I do that. I take a step back, and I say to the coach, man, get your wife. I say that, and that seems to be the spark that the coach needs to, to, to do more. Right Now I'm ready. I think somebody just assaulted my wife. So his whole energy is now, I got to get this guy. And the energy of the Doolittle staff um, was incredible.
3: Can I ask you a question, though, before, and by the way, in no way, shape, or form am I putting any blame on you. Let me be very clear on that. The entire blame is on this coach, who's a despicable human being, clearly, his despicable wife, and even his son, and we'll get to that, but do you regret at all just not darting, just getting in your car and getting the hell out of there. Why? Did, I guess that's my question. Why did you stay there? Why didn't you just go directly to your car? and Just get the hell out of there.
5: Well, my that's a great question. Where my car was, I would have have to walk in between. Well, I would have had to walk past the coach mm-hmm. and in between his kids. Mm-hmm. I was, I was. That didn't feel like a good idea unless do you know or little was though, prepared. Though, right? you no, know perfect, what I'm perfect. i bit
3: of a of a of one of two things that of am going to do. a I'm going to call the police: Correct. and or. Get a Doolittle uh, person, uh, someone maybe who's larger than I am, to to, to escort me to my car. Or I'm just going to go. I'm just going to leave. So I'm just trying to understand why you didn't go. And I'm not, like I said, I am not. I I know you, Sean. I'm not blaming you in any way, shape, or form. But if that's me, I want to just get out of there. I'm not even going to engage this guy. Why am I even engaging him? I would just get the heck out of there.
5: There was half of mine to do Mm -hmm. exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. I have to go. I have to remove myself from the situation. Yeah. And... Even with the coach being in one area, but kids being in another area, yeah. I didn't fully, I didn't register that as an option in the moment. Also in the moment, yeah. I, I also thought about just go back in the gym, just go right. back or in the gym, just wait, yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. just wait it out. Understood that. that I understand that. Just flew that.
3: right over right over yeah, my head. I in understand that, moment. that. I'm asking you that question, but I understand that. I know you're a good guy, and I know this is the last thing you wanted. So when is the moment where Perry? gets struck
5: uh so uh mom lunges at me and when she does that there's a gentleman who was also an official like we're, we're all over the place sure. right mm-hmm. and even not in uniform we're, we're like superman yeah so superman dressed in a doolittle uniform phil thompson um restrained the head coach mm-hmm. and and it was nothing, nothing allowing him, the head coach, to get to me. So while the Doolittle staff member, Phil Thompson restrained the head coach, another female um, staff member um, subdued the mom, mm-hmm. I thought things were okay. Mm-hmm. I, the coach attempted to go at me, I tried to get back at him. When the staff put everything on ice, I said, okay, it's okay, Sean, just breathe, just breathe, nothing's Mm going to happen, you're going to go home safe and sound to your family. Mm -hmm. And then son, I see someone, I see someone, side view, take a swing at me. Coach's son? I move out the way, Mm -hmm. I look straight at the person who took a swing at me, and it was the coach's son.
3: Mm. Why am I not surprised? When you have a coach that's acting this way, why am I not surprised that the first person to throw a punch was the coach's son? Not surprised one bit?
5: It it was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. I I took a good look at him, and I wanted to go at him. As I took a good look at him, Mm -hmm. I started to just look around. There's stuff, there's movement, there's people, and I see the team, and a few team members walk forward. I have no idea what I should do at this point. Should I go after one? Should I go after all? Should I Okay. Breathe. Mm-hmm. Breathe.
3: Very dangerous situation.
5: Very dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. And I don't want I don't want this to go in a way to where mm-hmm. I regret what I'm doing. So I take a couple steps back. I'm taking steps back and I'm just watching. I'm watching the sun back away. Okay. He didn't really want to fight. He just wanted a cheap shot. Mm-hmm. I look over at uh perry and perry's kind of holding off mom mom got away from the doolittle staff member now she's trying to attack perry and perry's doing his best to hold her off so to speak no no hey eat relax take it easy Mm -hmm. and then i look over at to find dad and i and i see dad i see coach and i see the doolittle staff member and they're in an exchange i can't See the exchange to the best of my ability because it's, it's just chaos right about now. But, but I see them tangled. I see them tangled by the, do- by the door, um, so to speak. So I say, okay. Now I'm looking back for son. Where is son? He wanted me. I want, okay. And I look back to look for son and mm-hmm. I can't find him. Mm-hmm. Man, where did son go? So then I look back to look for uh coach mm-hmm. and and a doolittle staff member, mm-hmm. uh Phil Thompson. Man, I don't I don't see Phil. I I know, I don't see coach. Yeah. I kinda see Phil, but I, I don't see where did Coach go? He, coach broke away from mm-hmm. from the Doolittle staff member. And then I look back to find Perry okay, I see Perry. Perry's the biggest guy out there and he he sticks out like a sore thumb. I see Perry. Mm -hmm. And Perry's kind of holding off mom still and mom is backing up a little bit to a certain degree. And and then I see two people come from Perry's blind side and they start to come in my view as I'm watching Perry and they're closing in on Perry. And I don't get a chance to, to say anything to Perry. I don't get a chance to to warn him, to run over, to, to do anything. And it, it happened. It was fast, and then it was slow motion. The sucker punch you're the talking about. The sucker punch that. was slow motion. Did you actually see it? It, it happened in the blink of an eye.
3: Mm-hmm. And then you see him on the ground,
5: right? And then I see him on the ground.
3: The moment you see this official, and we're talking about Perry Woodward, on the ground, I would imagine he's not moving. I what is it, going through your mind?
5: He, I thought he was dead.
3: You thought he was dead. I
5: thought he was dead. W-
3: w- the person Everybody who struck him. Everybody thought he was dead. The, per- the coach who struck him, who, again, is despicable, and I hope he goes to jail for a very long time. What is he doing at that point?
5: Everybody who saw that act and witnessed Perry laying on the ground, mm-hmm. including the the horrible people that did it, mm-hmm. they also thought he was dead. Every, there was no movement from everyone, including the coach. They all just – everyone stood Shock? There. Is there shock? And everyone was shocked. Including the person that punched him. Including this person. Yeah. It went from, yeah. I'm going to hurt somebody to, oh, my, oh God. my God, I really hurt someone.
3: So somebody calls 911, I would imagine, at that point, right? Does anybody know medical? Is anybody trying to help Perry? I know he's not moving. I wouldn't know what to do. Um, what, what's next there?
5: As referees were told, yeah. you see
3: somebody go down
5: – you're not medical. Right. Don't do anything. Of course. Yeah. So don't do nothing in the moment of watching
3: your brother lay there. It's hard. Very difficult. Yeah. So. And I know this is not the easiest in the world for you to, uh, to talk about. I, I understand that.
5: Sure. But it, it needs to be talked about.
3: Of course it does. 911 uh, is called. Correct. Perry's lying there on the ground, I would imagine, probably face down uh he hit the ground i i heard pretty hard and and
5: i um uh, several seconds go past mm-hmm. i, I kind of get some frame of thought back right mm-hmm. everything went silent at first perry's just laying there i can't hear anything and i and it's like tunnel vision of just me i'm looking at perry and i don't know what's and so i, I run into the building and i say hey call 911 I need a paramedic right and then there's a, a woman at the desk and she calls 911 and I run back out and I see everyone is still there and mm-hmm. and I still I don't have I don't have my hearing back. Is but the coach I, saying anything? No, I don't hear anyone saying anything. No one's saying no anything because everyone's in shock. No one's pumped up saying, "Yeah, I yeah. No one's saying. Yeah. I don't hear anything. So maybe, yeah. but I just don't hear anything. Right. But I still visuals visually see the coach, his wife and his son and they they' they're, they're in shock. they're standing there, just not knowing what they believe their next move should be. So then I, I run back inside, right A second time, I run back in a second time, and I view the lady at the desk on the phone speaking yeah. to an operator about getting an officer and a paramedic. So I don't say anything. I'm I'm just, Mike, I'm going. I'm going, trying to figure out something. Well,
3: I think everybody's in shock at that point. Um, And from this moment on, what we've learned is that Perry's gone through some surgeries. He had a concussion. His ankle was all screwed up. He had had a surgery on his ankle. And I'll bring, uh, Vince, uh, we're going to take a break here in a couple minutes. But before we do, and then, you know, we'll do another segment. And I want to get you involved here. Uh, If you're just joining us for speaking with Sean Rowe, SNOA official. Vince Christosic, SNOA director. We're talking about uh, Perry Woodward. Uh, It's a story that's actually made national news, not just local news. An official that got uh, sucker punched by this coach. You ref the game. Perry wasn't even refing the game. He sucker punches... um, this official, Perry Woodward, his life will probably never be the same. Vince, can you just describe, I want you to jump in here, the injuries? Because you, you know personally the injuries, the specific injuries that Perry Woodward suffered. Can you talk yeah, about that's that, that's correct. Yeah, Brian. So so
0: I did go to the hospital. Uh, Perry was in UMC for a couple of days. I did go up there Friday afternoon to check on him. Um, obviously, he had some visible injuries on his face, as everybody saw in the photos. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, he had some damage done to his bottom teeth. Mm-hmm. I think maybe five of them were chipped or cracked. Uh, he also had a complete um, uh, tear of the ankle. He broke his ankle. had some mm-hmm. uh, ligament tendon damage to his ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention the most serious injury was some um, bleeding on the brain, mm-hmm. concussion. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, w- it was hard to even How How is he doing now? Um, I haven't talked to Perry in a couple of days. I did talk to some of his family two days ago. Perry is at home. I think he, he is going to have surgery on his ankle within a couple of days to repair mm-hmm. that. Uh, and as far as the other injuries, he's healing. You know, it's going to take
3: some time with the amount of injuries he's Awful. suffered. Awful. Awful. Um- Sean, I'm sorry that you had to um, see this and you had to go through this as well. You're a victim as well. As any of the kids that saw this, they're victims as well. Uh, the, the people that are responsible, of course, in my personal opinion, starts with the coach who threw the punch, his wife, his son, and any members of Doolittle Community Center that did not do enough to protect. And I, and I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly what took place. But I can tell you, I've refereed games at Doolittle, And the security is not sufficient. Uh, As soon as they saw you two, Sean, you and the coach, uh, inside getting into it, somebody should have escorted both of you to your car. Obviously, nobody did that. So I do believe partially Doolittle is responsible for this as well. This coach belongs in jail right now. I don't know why he's not in jail. He could have killed this man, Perry Woodward. He could have killed him. And then it would have been then we were talking about what? 20 30 years in jail. This man needs to go to jail. He needs to go to jail for I don't know how long, but he needs to spend some time in jail. Uh, this it, to me it, it, to me I don't know what the laws are and I'm going to have the former DA in studio tomorrow talking about this. I'm going to ask him about the law when it comes to this. But to me that's attempted murder. When you take your fist and you punch somebody and this man parries, what in his 60s, right? um i think perry's late 50s late 50s, late 50s or early 60s okay when you take your fist and you sucker punch somebody that can easily kill somebody and it's amazing that this man is still alive and i'm so happy that he is i hope he makes a full recovery don't know if that's going to happen we're going to take a break and when we come back you guys are going to stick around for another segment i want to talk gen- in general terms and i'll talk to sean you about this as well and you vince about this because you both have been officiating for a long time as have i this is a growing problem this isn't an isolated incident this has been going on nationally for a very long time. So I'm going to ask you guys when we come back, and I'll take some phone calls too, 702-221-7283. I know we have some people on hold right now, 221-7283. I'm going to ask you guys, how do we stop this from happening in the future? How do we raise awareness to make sure that these incidents don't happen moving forward? So, we'll, yeah, Brian, let me say yep. this. Mm-hmm. The, the bad sportsmanship, the threats, the violence yep. is the
0: number one issue mm-hmm. facing, officiating, Sure. And why we don't have officials, why we can't recruit new officials. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, like I've said many many times, without officials, there's Mm -hmm. no games. I'm one of them.
3: And you're one of them. I'm one of them. I've been officiating for 20 years. I never had aspirations of being a a college official. I did it because I enjoy it. I love the game of basketball. I don't deal with the political stuff. I did it because I enjoy it. And I can tell you guys right now, I'm for one will say, the last couple years, the reason why I haven't officiated, it's not because of radio. It's not because you know, I didn't have the time to do it. It's because I didn't want to do it, because I didn't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. And this is part of the reason. I'll am going be completely honest with you. So I'll ask you guys about that when we come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. And again, that number to call is 702-221-7283. We're talking about this official, Perry Woodward, who was assaulted by a coach uh he has a bleeding on his brain he's got he just went through a surgery this is a horrible situation but it's a national problem not just a local problem we'll talk about that when we come back we'll take a quick break be back right after this you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp all right welcome back it's pushing the limits um On a Wednesday, I've been a basketball official for 20 years, so obviously this story is very personal to me. Uh, Anybody who's an official should be personal. We're talking about a local official, Perry Woodward. Nice guy. I've actually worked with him before. Very good official. And uh, sucker punched in the face by uh, a basketball coach in front of the Doolittle Complex. And the person who sadly had to witness all of that. Sean Rowe, a a very good official of his own. He's in in studio today along with Vince Grostasek, SNOA director. I've known both of them for years. They're both very nice people uh, and they're both good officials. And I was just telling them a story off the air. The last game that I officiated, I had an incident with a coach and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to deal with this. It's just not worth it. Uh, We do have uh, some people waiting on the line that want to chime in here, uh, one of whom is an official himself. His name is Bill. Bill, thanks for calling in. Uh, What's on your mind?
6: Hey, how you doing, Brian? Good. Hey, Vince. How's it going, Sean? Bill? Bill, 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 how you doing? I'm just going straight. I'm doing good, man. I'm just gonna go straight to the point. Perry's sure. a good dude, man. What happened to him was—we already talked, Brian. I got a bad mouth, so I'm gonna be cool on your radio show. But you know, <laughs> where I'm you. going. We don't that want It's any- really yeah. screwed <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah, it's really screwed up. What happened to Perry? Bottom line, me. I'm a no nonsense official. Take no mess on the court. Take no mess from officials and fans. Mm-hmm. However, this has really, really got a hand. It's to the point where, sure, you tell me you want to fight. Okay? Let's. However, we all got to realize I do want to go home at the end of the night. I don't want to go home after I've right. had on the handcuffs or anything. Of course. Just pick up your phone and call nine one
3: one. I couldn't agree with you. Sit more. there, don't yep. move. That's I agree. The only thing that we, do, we have to the only take ego. We do. We, Bill, we have to. T- I agree with you. We have to take the ego out of it. This isn't about who's the tougher guy. This is about think about the kids, think about your family, think about the people that are in the gym and the example. Uh, this isn't this isn't UFC fighting here. We're talking about we need to you know we need to continue to be professional. We need to call nine one one. If you don't want to call nine one one, then make sure somebody escorts you out of there and then file a report. But but Bill, I agree. I let man. somebody
6: else call him, but right. yeah, yeah, yeah. My ego's gonna come into it right away when somebody tells me they want to fight. Okay, of course, of course. I'm pretty good at it. Let's do it. <laughs> However, <laughs> I got to look on the other side of the coin. Right. Right. My wife wants me to come home to of eat course. them pork chops and rice, sheet uncooked. Of course. My daughter wants me to come home. So let's yeah. let's think about our egos and leave them in the car to start with yeah. before you step in the gym. I agree with because you because Terry yeah. is. Perry is Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the he the, yeah. is the nicest guy you ever want to meet. He's mm-hmm. a genuine dude. Mm-hmm. So, I'm personally, this coach not only attacked Perry, he attacked every man, woman, or yeah, beast Poole that Poole has Poole. put on the stripes. Bill, no he question. Didn't just attack
3: You're right, him. Bill. I appreciate it's your call. I appreciate your call, Bill. I got to get to some other callers, but I, I, right, I, I agree, you Bill. Guys with... Take care and great call, Hey, Perry. hey, hey Bill. Bill. Bill this, is,
0: Bill, this is Vince. Can you hear me? Yeah, brother. <laughs> and I want to just kind of talk about what you said. The, the officiating community is devastated with this. Mm-hmm. We're all hurting. Sure. don't matter if you're a basketball official, volleyball official, swim and dive official. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. High school, college, NBA, rec league. We are all devastated. Because what happened to Perry could easily happen to any of us at any time.
3: But I'm going to tell you, I agree with you, Vince. And, and I know you're, you're close with Perry. And I'm going to tell you this, man. In, in my experience, I'm just going to say it right now. There are certain tournament directors and there are people at facilities that do not defend us. They do not defend uh, the officials. There is too much money at stake with these AAU parents and the AA. And by the way, it's parents, too. It's not just coaches. That's it's parents. Right. The least That's amount of right. problems I've had are the players on the floor. Usually it's the coaches and the parents. I've been called the N-word at Doolittle, uh, which you know, it shouldn't be used to anybody. I had to stop a game, and I said, "You got to throw this parent out." Uh, not enough is being done. If somebody threatens an official, you're done. You shouldn't be allowed to ever coach or ever play in Las Vegas ever again if that happens. And uh, in my personal opinion, not enough is being done. This is not only a problem; it's not a problem just in Las Vegas. It's not a problem within SNOA. It's a it's a problem throughout the country. Would you guys agree with that?
0: Totally, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so you you can go online at any time. I get feeds every couple of days, just like Sean you do, and Bill. I'm I'm sure you do too. Where we see this violence, and it's not it's it, it used to be a couple times a year. Now it seems like around the country every there's every there's posts almost daily with officials being threatened, salt assaulted, beaten up. Stuff we'd never seen in the past. Right. Before we go do a game and we'd have a oh. confrontation with a coach and maybe tease somebody up. But at the end of the day, we got our stuff and go home. That thought – the thought – of leaving in a safe manner wasn't it wasn't in the back of our mind.
3: Separate issue, but I think it's important that I bring this up with you, Vince and Sean. You could chime in as a money. These officials are getting paid twenty eight dollars a game, and I know these weren't the games that you assigned, and you had nothing. You have nothing to financials. But I look at some of these games, even like if you're doing a freshman or a JV high school game, you're getting paid what like forty five bucks or forty seven bucks. It's ridiculous. Who's making all the money here, and why aren't hardworking officials like Sean, like you, like myself? Why are we not getting paid more money? You do four games you're making a little over a hundred bucks at Doolittle. i'm sorry man but that's not enough money
0: so so just so everybody knows that night like you just said brian mm-hmm. perry was there making 28 dollars per game sean two right. yep. games a night 56 dollars perry's got a job he's got a career outside of, it, of 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 fishing. this is not what he does to right. survive but um 56 bucks for the night
3: and land up in the hospital. With gas prices and everything else. I mean, this has even nothing to do with being assaulted. We all agree on that. This coach needs to go to jail. He's a scumbag. His wife is is just the the worst. I I agree with that, but officials are not getting paid enough money what can we you're you're the director of snoa what can you do what can people do in this city and throughout the country but let's focus on las vegas so these officials can be making more money because i know some of these assigners of games are making boatloads of money and these officials are not being taken care of
0: sean you want to talk about the the AU aau and i'll talk about the high school part
5: um uh, I, I wanted to bring something up about uh, first of all, yesterday. We were so scheduled to yeah. have a, a sit-down mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was postponed. And one of the reasons why I got postponed is because I I couldn't think straight yesterday. It, sure. So it was almost mm-hmm. a good thing. Mm-hmm. So going from yesterday to today, and I read about what happened at the school, the elementary school, and I have children who who, who they went to school. Today is their last day. Right. So I, I was actually up all night, thinking, worried. And spent about three hours today just crying, wondering if I should send my kids to school for this final day of school. Mm-hmm. With that, that's on, that's, that was half the battle. My wife rushed home from work during her break, uh, Shane Rowe, to talk to me before I went to do the interview. She wanted to make sure that I was in the proper headspace to talk about the violence going on with the referee. It's just way too much to worry about and and to you guys point I money or not I don't care I just want I want to be safe I want money and safety to be a, a separate issue right my family they they want me to come home safe I want to come home safe I I am I'm tired of my wife waiting up texting me every hour asking me am I okay Because she has no clue if someone is ready to put their hands on me.
3: Yeah, The only advice I I think, and I'm not really one to give a lot of advice, but the only advice I would give to anybody, if anybody threatens anybody, if there's anything that you believe is not technical foul worthy, I'm talking about, yeah, if somebody throws an F word or disrespects you, you give them a technical. That's not what we're talking about here. That happens all the time, and that's never going to leave, and that's fine. But if anything happens that escalates worse than that, the game needs to be stopped. Immediately, because the game is not important. What's important is people's safety. Absolutely. The game needs to be stopped. The A person that is running, whether it's a tournament director or somebody, needs to throw people out and say, if this escalates further, you're not just going to be thrown out of the game. Your team is done for the year. That's it. And then if it gets worse, 911 needs to be called and police need to be brought uh, in that is what needs to happen nobody is walking to their cars except for the person that is thrown out of the game that's what needs to happen brian here. let me talk about the high school yeah. side sure
0: we have many officials these days they walk on the field of the courts with a cell phone in the back pocket we mm-hmm. never we, we we never we never condone that right that's but there's too many threats these days mm-hmm. towards us where an official is concerned if something happens who's going to be here to protect us mm-hmm. do we have police do we have administrators we have officials, like I said, we're carrying cell phones with them in their back pocket Absolutely. to make sure they can, they can get to 911 before anybody else does if something occurs. Sure, Never happened in the past, but these days it's happening quite a bit, mm-hmm. and we should not be dealing with that, but we are. Brian, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're able to sit here today uh, and talk to you about this because mm-hmm. it has to be brought up. The community has to know if this continues, we're not going to have sports. I mean, on the high school side, we are very low officials in all sports. The number one reason there's a reason for that. The, the yeah. number one reason, and I know this for a fact, mm-hmm. nationwide, and I'll talk about SNOW specifically. People don't want to officiate. Is is yeah. the sportsmanship, the threats, the pay, the gas money. Those are the big four it's issues right here. It's not fun no, anymore. And, and, and at the end of the day. $28 a game 56 Yeah, all of us officiate because we like to officiate of course Sean, myself, Perry Sure, it's not about the money we love basketball same with you Brian same I with like, you I enjoy you, it you were in the, yeah you're yeah. in the same boat no question that. we yep. officiate to give the kids and the, and, and the youth and the community good
3: experience in sports we got kids. I got kids. You got kids. What is it, but what is it? I agree with you. What is it about these coaches? You know, I, I tell people all the time because some of these coaches are so – some of the dumbest coaches on the planet are in Las Vegas. There are some good coaches here as well. No question. Absolutely. Some of the worst coaches I've ever seen are right here in Las Vegas. NBA officials are making – some of them are making a half a million a year. The statistics show that every time they blow the whistle – Two out of ten times they're gonna be wrong. Two out of ten it's impossible to get every call right. Are there some officials that are better than others? Yes. Are there some officials that are not great communicators with coaches? Yes. That needs to be addressed. However, that's not the problem here. The problem isn't the how good officials are there's going to be some good ones and bad there's going to be some good calls and some bad calls what I try to tell to a coach what I try to say is listen coach you might be right on that one I might have gotten that one wrong let's move on to the next one. oh I'm here to talk to you but the second a coach disrespects me or the second a coach starts screaming he says so, coach I'm not going to talk to you if you talk to me like that and if you continue to do that the other team's going to be shooting free throws if that's not enough then that's it. I'll just throw them out. I don't care. Yeah. Same thing Same yeah. thing with the parents. These parents and these coaches are getting worse. Every year it's getting worse and worse. We've got 10 and 11 year olds that are being recruited. It's absurd. They think their kid is going to be the next LeBron James. I'm tired of it. These coaches... A The last game I ref the coach was down 30 or 40 points, and he's yelling and screaming at us the whole game, and I'm working with a really good partner. I said, Coach, it's not our fault that you're down 40 points. Why don't you try coaching your kids? Teach them how to rebound. Teach them how to box up. These are a bunch of 9- and 10-year-olds that are crying throughout the whole game. Coach doesn't care. You, you All he know, cares about is winning the game. And you, your
5: social media platform. Yes. You build your social media. You build your brand. You have more yes. kids come to your, your – uh, you can recruit. Correct. More money you can yep. make. And Correct. screw it. So if I got to piss this – Referee off just yep. to get an
0: edge. I'm going to do it, yep. and who cares about sportsmanship? It's absurd. We have
3: about five or six minutes. I want to give both of you enough time. To- yeah, Brian.
0: I want to say yep. this right. Las Vegas is expanding. We got pro sports and all these teams coming in. We got kids coming in. We got charter schools opening. We got. I mean, we need to be in the in the business of recruiting and retaining the officials because they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. We need to reverse the trend because the trend is way going down the other way. It is. of people leaving this profession because of the abuse the low pay and, and just the overall sportsmanship of the games we should be we, we need to reverse that trend because like i said las vegas is thriving in the sports community right now with these teams players and leagues i don't know how many tournaments want to come to las vegas for the great weather and facilities and we're at the point where we can barely staff the games right now as it is with, due to these issues we're dealing with. The pay needs to be more. 100% yes.
3: There needs to be security in every gymnasium uh, yes. in Las Vegas. Yes. Uh, officials, yes. They need to know when to stop the game. They need to know when to stop the game, and they need to know, uh, uh, you know, never engage a coach when it gets to that point. Uh, get the heck out of there. No question about that. But there's there's a lot of issues here, but it starts with accountability. This coach should never be allowed to coach a basketball team ever again for the rest of his life. Period. Period. <clears throat> Perry Woodward
0: and you touch on this is mm-hmm. it not only an officiating uh, partner of mine mm-hmm. I've been friends with Perry for 20 years and to see Perry in the condition he was Friday in the hospital devastating Sean you were there too Absolutely And the only thing I could think myself that entire, and I'll be honest, I haven't slept good since this happened. I haven't had a good night of sleep. And all I kept thinking to myself, seeing Perry in that condition, that could be any one of us. Any one of us. Could have been Sean if Perry didn't step in. No question. At any time. Mm -hmm. And And there's no place in that, right? I mean, we're here, like I said, to give the kids a good experience. And unless things drastically change, and I'm talking now, we're not talking years down the road, now
3: things need to change. Because if not... Without officials, there's not going to be Somebody's going to die. Yeah. Somebody is going to die. To put it blunt. And I'm glad it, it's not Perry, and I'm I, I, it, very close. I'm yeah. so sorry for what he's going through. Yeah. We we saw a soccer official several years back that, that died. Somebody else is going to die unless we do something about this. And for any of these tournament directors that all they care about is money, shame on you. Same thing yeah. with the gun control issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, People that, 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 that are pro-pro gun, they don't want to do anything to stop the carnage. Mm-hmm. We had 19 people that died yesterday. We are going to have an official or a coach. Or a player, or a parent. Somebody is going to lose their life.
5: And then what? And then where
3: playing. do we go? Yeah. So it needs to stop right now. But Brian, we, we should never officiate
0: a game. Any of us, in the back of our mind, thinking, "Is this the call that's going to something's going to happen." Yeah. We should never do that. Never it was never like that years ago. Now we have that thought in the back of yeah. our head and especially mm-hmm. as we see the situation with Perry Woodward. Mm-hmm. Well
3: Perry is a hero. Let's call it for what it is. Absolutely. A- absolutely. Perry, Perry yes. is a hero so for Van. for getting involved. So Van his wife. Yes. Uh, yes, for a game that he wasn't even involved in, but it's a brotherhood, and he and, and he wanted to de-escalate the situation, and uh, you know, like I said, he's a hero, and I'm sorry for so sorry for what he's going through. He needs to be taken care of, uh, and, and and we need to make sure that this doesn't happen again. That coach cannot coach a game ever again. Uh, we need to have all these SNOA officials and all these officials show up in court when this guy uh, has to stand in front of a a judge i want officials in that courtroom and i can promise you that i will be one of them i want officials in that courtroom to talk about this in front of a judge
0: yes brian uh, so in nevada in 2005 there was legislation passed that actually puts expert extra protection for the officials when assaults are committed Right. So, like I said, I don't know the
3: exact details of what's going on. But he was only – and that's a good thing, Vince. I'm glad for that. But my understanding is he's only uh, been charged with battery. Right, I I can't comment because I don't know. I don't know the situation. That's okay. But if he was, but he needs to be charged with more serious crimes than just battery. I'll say that's what you think. Yeah, yeah. It's a joke. He needs to be in jail right now. And I don't care whether if he wants to say, "Well, I didn't mean to hurt the guy." You sucker punched him, dude. You sucker punched him. You did it in front of your wife, in front of your son. You did. You did it in front of your kids that you were supposed to be coaching. You're a disgrace. What is this coach's name, by the way? I I,
0: I don't know, and uh, I mean, I have no idea. I'll be honest, I don't know uh,
5: the, the name that I was given was okay. I don't know I don't Well,
3: know. I can say it I don't care He can sue me if he'd like to I, We're allowed to say his name It's, it's public record now uh, I guess it's not that important But, but uh, Doolittle uh, I know there are some good employees there There are some bad ones too and they need to hold partial responsibility for what happened. That's number one. Uh, and, and, and everybody else, you know, everybody else that was involved in this thing, any, anybody that didn't do what Perry did, anybody that didn't get involved, anybody that didn't uh, help split you guys apart, they're also responsible. Uh, they're complicit as far as I'm concerned. Listen, I, I, I appreciate you guys coming in. i got about one minute more for each of you. Then i then I got to go because the show's over. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you. I'll give you a minute. What would you like to say that you haven't already said?
5: Uh, Perry and Ann Woodward I love you both Um, I'll call you Perry as soon as I get done you are my brother and we are doing our best to take care of you and I love you
3: Uh, well said Sean and I'm sorry you had to go through this and like I said before you're a very good official and you're a good guy I've always enjoyed working with you uh, uh, Wait, I I got one
5: more thing. The the guy in question's name is Jose Martinez.
3: Jose Martinez. Okay. Well, we need to say that name, and we need to make sure that he never coaches a game ever in Las Vegas. Uh, Vince, I got about a minute left here. Go ahead, my man.
0: Not only is Perry a great man, he's a great family man. Perry just came off the best season officiating in his Absolutely. life. He worked mm-hmm. he worked the 5A regional final, Gorman Liberty, and the mm-hmm. first time he got selected to go to Reno for the state tournament. Came off the best year of his 20-year career. Mm-hmm. And just a few short, short months later, this happens to him. It's a tragedy. Like I said, Brian, we're all hurting. Don't matter what, what profession, what sure. you're in. The community saw what happened. Mm-hmm. The media's been covering it, and we're devastated. And I can only say to Perry – and his family. were behind you. The officiating community is behind you, and we will be behind you the entire time all the way through this.
3: We can't be complicit with this. doesn't matter who you are. You could be an official. You could be a tournament director. You could be working at one of these facilities. This needs to be an eye-opener if something good comes out of this. we This needs to be an eye-opener. This cannot happen again. Uh, I appreciate uh, both of you for being here. Obviously, it's personal to me as well. I've been pretty angry when the first time I heard this story, uh, and I'll do anything I can to help, and I, and I appreciate both of you guys being here. Thank you so much. Thanks
0: for having us. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Uh, Former DA of Las Vegas of Clark County, Thomas Moskell, is going to be in studio tomorrow. I'm going to ask him about the laws uh, about this and and what this guy is facing and what he should be facing. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. And of course, we'll talk about uh, gun control and this horrible situation that took place yesterday in Texas. 19 kids have lost their lives. Uh, Thank you for joining us, everybody. I appreciate that. Take a 22-hour break and we'll see you at noon tomorrow. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good day.